welcome back to a jolt of view velocity. This episode is an excerpt from a conversation that you've all had with Sandbox's co-founder and CEO, Sam Meek, on rewriting the books for military financial wellness. This part of this conversation is focused on how Yuval and Sam's experience in the military helped shape them to become the people and leaders they are today. If you want to listen to the full conversation and learn about how Sandbox is using embedded finance to power their military financial wellness program, click the link in the show notes or go to the podcast section of alvier.com to watch the entire video. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm your host, Jay Sailing. And today is a special episode because I have really two visionaries in the embedded finance space with me to talk about an application of this technology for the U.S. military that I personally think is extremely cool and and will make a substantial positive impact for the men and women who serve our country. Wow, that could not have been more timely. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to do some quick intros and then we'll just hop into the conversation. So. First joining me is uh, clearly a man who does not need much introduction on this podcast. Alvier's co-founder and CEO, Yuval Brisker. Thanks, Hi there, for, Jay. thanks for joining, Yuval. Yes, um, nice and our special And our special guest today joining us from Virginia is Sam Meek. And Sam is the founder and CEO of Sandbox. Sam, thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us. I'm, I'm super excited for this conversation. Now, well, uh, Jay, thanks for thanks for having me, Yuval. It is a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be spending time with you again with uh, such a legendary visionary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so funny. For everyone um, who's just listening on audio, Yuval is wearing a visionary hat. So, yeah, he fit. I, I, I always find this, uh, you know, I have a hat that says visionary just to, in case I forget. Yeah. The problem is I see it in, in a mirror, so I actually see, you know, something like... Era no Anyway, uh, Sam, it's really great to have you. I mean, uh, uh, on many levels, you know, we're very grateful for uh, and so and so uh, blessed to have uh, a great customer like you and your and your great team and uh, to be able to build a partnership together uh, around uh, you know uh, a joint vision um, and so. First, I want to say always thank you, and uh, you know, you and I connected from day one, uh, and 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 we really did, to, we, we but, really did, know, and yeah. it, it's so it's one of those things, you know, you don't really, you can't really explain those things. I've said, you know, now now that I've come to the conclusion that there actually is a soul, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that that soul when souls meet and they they like each other, they that's kind of like from you know. The stardust. It's like yes, from a different. You know, it's, it's, it's from left, a different. It's leftover. Yeah, it's yeah, a leftover just, from being some like insane just, part of the it star. Just sweeps back through the the universe and the galaxy, and and we right. get lucky enough to pick it up. Right. I mean, you know, we're all stardust, right? So, so mm-hmm. we just ended up probably being from the same general area of the the, mm-hmm. the pre, you know, you know, big boom moment. Yeah um and and then and then you know we're reconstituted here and when we find our soul you know our our our, our neighborhood dust <laughs> and yeah. then you know and, and it's it's pretty it's pretty fast i mean you know i yeah. would say the same thing about jay and me yeah you know and yeah. it's kind of like you know neighborhood dust you know in the context of things it doesn't you yeah know, in the big scheme <laughs> yeah 
yeah. you know, we're all just like this small. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really love what you were doing. Maybe you can share with us a little bit about, you know, how you got there. Um, you know, obviously you're kind of an unlikely candidate to be an enlisted man. No, I mean, you kind of went to prep schools and stuff like that. So you, but you ended up in the hardcore military. How did that happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, um, I, I, I come from a family of Marines and, and so I, I knew that joining the Marine Corps was always something that I wanted to do. My grandfather, my great grandfather were both decorated Marines. I had many uncles that had, had served as well. And so it was definitely something that was in the family. And <clears throat> I was a senior in high school when the towers fell. And that was a, a, a really big moment in my life. Uh, you know, I remember I knew my dad was going to New York City that way. I knew my grandmother was on an airplane that was leaving one of the New York airports that day. So there was a lot that was going through my mind when, um, you know, I, I showed up to, I think it was English class and uh, the TV was on and, and one of the towers was on fire. So, um, you know, from, from that day forward, uh, you know, I, I kind of was really contemplating, you know, the paths I wanted to take. I think one of the best things that happened to me was I got caught smoking pot when I was uh, my senior year and ended up getting kicked out of prep school. Um, but you must have gotten caught more than once. Well, um, <laughs> did they actually really kick you out for one? For a different podcast. Uh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, the one where we have Alvier's podcast. <laughs> yeah, the podcast, and and so and, and uh, so you know, I, I ended up finishing at the uh, local high school. And at that time, I thought to myself, "Well, geez, well now is a better time than ever." My my dad was really supportive of this idea of me joining the Marine Corps. Uh, he had um, he had really wanted to do it, but never was you know, Ned never pulled the trigger and becoming a Marine. So I, I just saw this neat opportunity to do it and decided to enlist, um, you know, right out of high school. So I joined the Marine Corps, um, became a, a what's called a nuclear biological chemical defense specialist. It, it sounds fancy. Honestly, it's not that fancy. And just had an incredible time, um, you know, through basic training and into my job school and, uh, and then in, into the fleet. Um, went to Iraq twice. Uh, second time I was deployed. I unfortunately got injured in a, in a non-combat inju injury and uh, had to had to get out of well wasn't didn't have to get out but I, I had to leave my unit in Fallujah and uh, at that time I decided well maybe it's a good time to get out of the Marine Corps and see if grass is greener on the other side so I, le I left the Marine Corps and um, very randomly fell into Wall Street and was working for a bunch of really bright folks at a fund of hedge funds and learned a lot about how businesses work well and a lot about how businesses don't work well um, when I was introduced to my co-founder, Major General Ray Smith. And so that's a very abbreviated version from how I got into the Marine Corps and, and how I began with Sandbox. Right. So uh, one thing that I always think about, and I think you and I talked about it because we share that background. I was also in the, in the Israeli military for you mm -hmm. know a good chunk of time, five years um is is kind of what what you took what was the biggest sort of lessons what are the biggest sort of experiential you know impacts on your life from the from your time in the military what do you 
what do you carry? What do you, what do you carry with you now? What do you think you're going to be carrying with you for, you know, for the rest of your life or for as long as yeah. you Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, I tell, I tell people all the time that uh, I think the military has so many incredible um, secrets and amazing things about the military journey that um, are not, are kind of are, are shared, but are, aren't deeply understood. And I think one of those is what happens to the way that we think about the people around us when we're in conflict and when we're in hardship together. And you get your first glimpse of that when you go through basic training and you understand the true nature of camaraderie and what it means to care about someone else besides yourself and, and service to something bigger than yourself. And that's something I think that every single service member, whether they're active reserve guard or they're veterans or, or caregivers or, or friends and family of military members, you know, they, they either understand because they've gone through the journey or they understand because they've got someone near them um, and, they've, and they've started to understood it through osmosis. But that's probably, I think, the single most important thing that we can learn is that uh, there are others out there uh, that, that, that we serve. And I think when we figure that out as human beings, when we, we find something greater than ourselves to, to serve, we unlock incredible happiness for ourselves. Um, and there's a lot, lot more life lessons, but I, I think you and you and I discussed this, I think in the early, awesome. you know, in the early days when you and I first met about, you know, what do we value and what do we care about? And, um, obviously I think the opportunity to serve your, your country and to serve the people around you is a remarkable thing. It doesn't matter, you know, what country you served in, but you've gone through that experience and, and that's an incredibly emotional and enlightening experience. Yeah, and it's also about, you know, early, you know, acceptance of responsibility mm-hmm. and and independence and, you know, discipline. Um, those are, you know, the, those are really the things that I, you know, think about, you know, just that, like you said, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the collaborative, you know, sort of camaraderie. It's the response, the level of responsibility that you suddenly are thrust into basically as a boy or a girl, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're, it's an instant way to grow up and, uh, and to accept, you know, I guess your, your, your responsibilities in life. Yuval, I think you just explained the exact reason why sandbox has two X's. You just explained the second sandbox. That's what we go through when, when we, when we join the military. We have this first sandbox that we go through in life, you know, where we learn how to share the Tonka truck in the sandbox. And then you join the military and you go through this metamorphosis all over again. Wow. Yeah, yeah it's true. hundred percent. Cool, that's a cool background. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it's a second X, no doubt. Uh, two X's on, on that. And I would say, you know, in, in the context of, of, of the, that, you know, sh- new reemergence. I, for example, who, you know, and like you, I went through a transformation as well. Like I didn't go in, I didn't, going in, I was not the same person as I was going out. Nothing can, I can say affected my life more. Yeah. And, and that means, you know, for example, I was a very introverted kind of, you know, a little bit of a, you know, uh, very a little a bit less self-confidence than I have today. 
Um, but, uh, but, you know, and really like, you know, not very assertive and just, you know, more like just introverted, you know, like, yeah. you know, more yeah. uh, not socially very, in, you know, apt. Right. Uh, and, and in the military, I mean, first thing, because, because I was a traveling kid, I, I, my parents lived in a number of different places, as you know, you know, you, you lose your sense of confidence because you are never really like there at a place from the start. Mm-hmm. You like show up in the middle of second or third grade. Then you show up in the middle of fifth or sixth grade. Then you show up in the middle of, you know, ninth grade or 10th grade. And, and so you, you're never on the same footing as the people around you. And with the military, it was the first time it was like a completely level pl- playing field. Yeah. Like it yeah. didn't matter who your background, what your background yeah. was, where your parents were, what you did, where you came from, you know, nothing. It was just like, boom, everybody's yep. the same. Mm-hmm. And that's it's, just, it's, it's, one of the, it's, one of, it's one of the great equalizers. It's incredible. And it's, it sets your, your sense of being, you know, it really, you realize, okay, we're really all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, there's an equality there, and 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 for me that was just like, you know, yes. that exploded me into the, you know, really gave me a huge sense of self, and I was like, okay, nobody's different than me here, <laughs> good, yeah, <laughs> you know, let me get going, you know, I'm getting yeah. going, right? Because mm-hmm. I was ambitious, of course, you know, as a kid, but I was very awkward in that respect. Mm-hmm. So I, mm-hmm. I just say that that is the, it's like that level playing field. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and I think we, we, we kind of shared that in our, in our first conversations. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to say, you know, for me, and I was telling Jay, you know, before that, that, you know, for me, you know, relationships with customers and clients and you're a customer and clients, but also a partner. Yeah. And, uh, and to me, that's, that's really a, a, a big part of what I, uh, you know, what I like to do and what I, you know, why I like to do what I do. Yeah, like I mean, you, people you, like you, I have to say, you've all, you know, I could, I could probably point to 200 technology platforms that make sandbox run today. And, you know, I don't have a relationship with any of the senior leaders of any of those organizations, like I do personally with you and with like my team does with your team. And yeah. I have to say that, that your team has invested an immense amount of time to, to create that relationship with, with my team. And, you know, we had our a wonderful call today actually on for, for phase two. And, um, it was it, it, these types of conversations around like, how are we going to get through the hard stuff are so much easier when you have this personal relationship that you can lean on. And 100%. yeah, it's great that you, it's great that you and I have that relationship, but the fact that yes. our teams also have it, it's remarkable. Yeah, but I think we're giving, yeah. we're, we're, we're leading the way in, you know, it's like when I see, you know, I think of like, and I don't think of my employees as children, but I think of, but there is, you know, there's all, there's always a paternal relationship there. Mm-hmm. And I just think about how children always behave to, to strangers, like they see their parents behave to those same strangers. So for right. example, you know, if the parents are very loving to this new person, they come, they hug, they kiss, they, mm-hmm. you know, but the kids have never seen that person, you know, that now they're immediately already open to the idea that, you know, that this person is a beloved person or is close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they will be less, maybe they will be less, you know, shy or they will be less, maybe they'll be instantly affected by the affection, you know, yeah. more prone to have affection to that, 
to that uh, stranger that they've never met, but they see their parents already have a deep relationship with. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same for companies and their leadership. I agree. Yep. Yeah. You know, I think mm-hmm. that that, the minute the leadership, that's why I make such an effort to, it's not just, it's just, actually for me, it's not an effort. I actually like it a lot and you do too. And we had, we've had some great times already together. Um, like the time you let me land your plane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I have to say, you know, you, you, you did, you did a great job and, um, you know, we only lost two wheels out of three. <laughs> but thank God that you know how to stabilize a plane that has just one that's you know, rolling down the, the runway on one wheel. Um, I, I would say, I have to say that, that, you know, I was in the Israeli Air Force and I flew a little bit of some planes, as you know. And then, you know, I stopped doing it because I thought I was not going to be good at it and I don't want to do it anyway. And uh, and there were people who were much better skilled than I were that was at it. And from that point on till the time, to, the, to our flight to uh, Virginia uh, come North Carolina, South North Carolina, uh, you know, and there's a whole story behind that, but I won't go into it detail. But, but the bottom line is until that point, until flying with you, you know, I didn't think ever again about wanting to fly again. Mm-hmm. And now I really want to, I want you to teach me how to fly because you're going to, I said, the, o- the only way I'm going to actually get a pilot's license is if you teach me. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Good. I, did I, did well, I not say that? You did say that. And, uh, and, and you've all, what you don't know is I'm already working on a new brand. It's called Alvier Air. <laughs> <laughs> and so why will you come and take me places yeah that's right <laughs> uh, when you become a private pilot but yeah. i want to I, I really like that you know setting that yeah, thing on the ground it was pretty cool yeah yeah i could get what you like about it I, I i you know up until that point i thought it was crazy but you know you made you you converted me good good well we'll make a pilot out of you in short order so again Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, If you're interested in listening to the full conversation to learn about how Sandbox is using embedded finance to power their military financial wellness, click the link in the show notes or go to the Alvier podcast section of alvier.com and watch the entire interview. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.